long about by what I used to be. The memories got me hurting. I can't believe that I turned my back on you. I'm stronger now. Welcome to the uh, Men of Encouragement podcast. All because of your Holy Spirit. We're glad you go. We're glad. We're all glad that you guys would be able to uh, tune in to watch the show, YouTube and Facebook. There's no better day to start again than right here, right now. Cause I want to be a place where you feel right at home. I'm really trying to tell you how I'm feeling. I'm really trying to put it into words. Yeah. Oh Lord, you know what happens in my mind. You know I'm trying to make things work. So many tussles in my mind, but I'm winning. I'm feeling weak, but my spirit stay willing. It's all a part of my story. What's up to everybody that's um in social media land, Facebook, YouTube. We are the men of men of encouragement. We hope that you will be encouraged by today's show. Welcome, welcome. Brother Dixon, how you doing? Oh, man, fantastic. After I finally got back to Portland, <laughs> after being had canceled flights with this weather. No doubt, no doubt. How was the weather where you were at? You know, it, they told me it was almost 90 degrees in Dallas. And then all of a sudden it dropped down to, man, almost freezing there. It was pretty cold um, while I was there. But prior to that, I was in Memphis and it, it was pretty mild in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've also heard, you know, because my family's all in California, um, that it's been pretty cold. And there's been, um, you know, signs of snow and flirt, you know, snow flurries in California as well. So you. You uh, welcome home. Welcome back to the PDX, the city of roses, right? Yeah, um, yes, I am so happy to be back home. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting when we travel, and um, when we when we travel and we come back, how um, it kind of does something to you a bit. Mm -hmm. I think just um, just being in and out the plane, and you know, there's a lot of grace and mercy that's happening on that plane <laughs> going and coming back. Yeah, it, yeah. Ain't guaranteed to come back. You know what I mean? That's so true. that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, you know, I'm so excited. So first of all, I am brother Q. Um, I'm here. We have men of encouragement podcast as a ministry, um, podcast, um, brother Dixon and I, um, are your host. Uh, we've been doing this now for, um, I, I want to say it's been almost a year. We're going on a year. And mm -hmm. the Men of Encouragement podcast is just a space. It's a it's a ministry. You know, what we do is we we try to reach out to outreach to men. You know, we're, we belong to the same church here in Portland. And one of the things that we want to, you know, want to do with men is just um, just kind of meet you where you're at. You know, we're going to have conversations. We're going to talk about things that um, you may not be talking about. You know, and if you're not connected to a church, you're not connected to a fellowship, you know, we just hope that, you know, maybe the mid of encouragement might be your first step, you know, 
um, we do know, regardless of where you're at and how many times you go to church and the last time you read your Bible, that there's not much difference between you and I. You know what I mean? And so we wanted to just, you know, do this podcast to be able to connect with you, to be able to, you know, have discussion and hopefully that you will engage with us. You know, this is a live podcast that's being broadcasted on YouTube and also Facebook. And so we hope for the men that you will engage and, um, you know, give us your responses to some of the conversation that we're having. If you're being encouraged, you know, let us let us know. And just like last week, we talked about this. You know, this is Men of Encouragement podcast, but you know, the end goal for this is for us to be better men. And and today's topic, we're going to get into fatherhood again by being better men, being better husbands, um, better brothers, better sons. Uh, we hope to be able to influence everyone else. And and very importantly, leading into last week into our women as well. So, Brother Dixon, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, what was your thought, man? We had the, the father-daughter breakfast, which was a blast. How, how was your experience? I mean, you had a you had a little bit different experience, but what is your what is your experience from the father daughter breakfast that we had last uh, last week? Can you tell the people about your experience? Oh man, um, well well first first of all, I know everybody was concerned about the turnout. You know how many people was going to show up, and, and so we um, we had anticipated. I told um, you know Clarence, our leader, your co leader, that we need to have some extra tables set up. So that when we get an overflow, that those tables will be ready. And, and sure enough, we had uh, those tables got used. In fact, uh, we needed some more tables than what we had. So, so we had a great turnout. That's number one. Uh, and we had so many combinations of father daughters. And and I know for me personally, you know, I had uh, um, my nieces. I had some nieces who were there. I, I have four nieces who usually come every year. I have one that couldn't come, so I had three three out of the four. And uh, I also had my my uh, sister-in-law and, and, and I had some some other uh, ladies who, who uh, I wanted to have come there and be there who didn't have fathers and that type of thing. So and uh, it so happened that I had one of my former students in town who I had um, taken to a father daughter debutante 32 years ago wow. and uh, had just recently saw her in D.C., and um, she happened to be in Portland, and I immediately got in contact with her and said, "Hey, I need to have you come to the to the father daughter breakfast with me." And so she was excited about that, and so she came, and I shared that with the pastor. And it so happened that we were sitting at the same table. He he got a chance to meet her, and we were and we were sitting at the same table with the pastor. And when he went up to, to spoke, he talked about her and he prayed over her and and anointed her because of. Uh, uh, how excited he was about that she would be here at such a time to be able to um, to to join with the father daughter breakfast, you know, because she didn't have a father back 32 years ago to dance with her, and so now this is my daughter showing up in, in, at the breakfast, and the and the, and the pastor had a very powerful message for all the fathers and the daughters. In fact, I thought he spoke real well to the fathers, and he spoke to the daughters, and so he didn't leave anyone out, you know. So it was a great time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about how great the food was because no, nobody want to hear how good some food was when they hungry <laughs> this morning right now. So, but, uh, you know, I mean, if we could share the menu with someone, you know, it was, first of all, we had some grits. I'll just yes. put it that way. We had yes. some Southern grits. And it was gravy. Talk about the gravy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just gravy. the grits all by themselves, you know what I mean? 
Grits, no sugar, too, by the way. Grits, no sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I want to say this about the food, man. I, that, I have my notes. I'm like, you know, it was a it was such a special occasion because when we plan this, we don't have the vision of seeing what everything is going to look like, who's going to come. And so I was so blessed to just see that um, there were so many more tables that we needed to, you know, to open up because the fathers thought this was important and the women, right? There were, there were women and, and young girls there with their, their fathers. And so just being blessed by just seeing this was important. And I was kind of like, I was sitting inside and, and seeing the, the room fill up. Right. And the line, and I was wondering like how many people are outside, you know what I mean? And are we going to even have enough room? You know, I, I didn't have, I wasn't so worried about the food. I was just worried about accommodations. You know what I mean? Making sure we had enough mm-hmm. space, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to me, like, it was such a thing for us to, um, you know, when you minister and when you're serving, let's just say when you're serving, um, you take the worry out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when Jesus broke mm-hmm. the bread, right? Mm-hmm. I was saying that, I was saying that last Saturday, I said, um, is there going to be 3000 out there? Cause I was ready to see, I was ready to see God's word come to life. You know what I mean? I was like, it, Amen. I mean, we're, we're sitting there trying to, you know, do a thing that was a really important thing um, uh, for us as men to be able to, to come, you know, leaderfully uh, to come into a space with the, you know, the father daughter relationship, that love relationship and how important that it is. And we've been speaking about that for the last few weeks, but also too, just to, when you're, when you're serving and just knowing how God will, will show himself to you in so many ways. And so the people coming, um, they were a blessing. I think everyone who came was blessed. Um, and then the food, man, like it, you don't go to these type of events and expect the food to be good. You know what I mean? Like you don't expect the food to be good. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a single dad. So I was like, you know, the cooks, all the cooks bless you. You know what I mean? Once again. Um, but I had eggs, I had bacon, I had sausage. We had the gluten-free stuff for everyone. Um, there were desserts, you know, we had everything. It wasn't something that was done, you know, um, I mean, it was very sincere. You know what I mean? It was definitely a time mm-hmm. for everybody to be blessed and food makes a difference for us. I, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we put something on that because the food was definitely a reason to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember, um, I, I think about, um, um, What's that shark? Uh, what's that shark movie? Um, um, the first one, Shark Tale or Jaws? Jaws, yeah, Jaws. Yeah. You know, and, and there was a scene where, um, when he saw the the size of the shark, he says, "Hey, we're gonna have to get a bigger boat." <laughs> right. You know, and uh, I talked to the pastor, and pastor said, "Hey, we're gonna have to have more space." You know, because I can see how this can get so big that we're going to need more space than what we have here, you know? And so he, he kind of got alarmed too, you know, about, man, I didn't, I didn't think it could get this big, but he said, I can see how big this can get. This is the first time back. And I can see that this can get pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I'm glad it was last weekend. See, when we started thinking about stuff, I did it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad it was last weekend because anybody that is watching this from the Portland Metro area, you know, that for the last, what three days it's been um you know snow and ice on the ground very you know dangerous uh icy roads and so um i'm glad everything you know that we did last week was able to happen last week because this week you know everyone's kind of like uh you know kind of 
you know, staying inside because of the weather. And so I'm, um, everything, everything to me was a, it was a blessing. Um, the message too, I thought was important because it's kind of leading into today where, you know, pastor spoke about, um, I believe it was Esther mm -hmm. and, and her importance and her, her leadership. Right. Um, and then what was the, the uncle's name again? Uh, how can I go blank, blank on his name? Uh, not Hank, not Haman. Uh, was it Haman? I think it is Haman. Well, the, um, yeah, you, you look it up if you can. Um, the um, the storyline, though, is just how important the relationships is. You know, Pastor said that God cares about our relationships. You know, he cares about our relationships. And I thought about the fact that the father-daughter relationship is so important um, to motherhood, you know, and to, like, to relationships, like when, when a man gets to a point to to marry a woman and the influence that the daughter, um, that the mother has over the son. And, you know, another thing that, you know, I took away from it as well was just really thinking about how every woman is a daughter to someone. And most importantly, as a daughter to God. And so I say to like the gentleman, like, you know, what does it look like if we were to approach our wives, our women, our girlfriends, whatever, the, whoever you are in a relationship with as a, a child and a daughter to God, because there's some women who don't have their fathers or there's a strange relationships as we've talked about. Um, but what would that, what would your approach be like? What would your behavior be like? What would your conduct and, you know, and what would your commitment be like if you looked at the woman that you were with as um, a child and daughter of God? And so pastor putting that context to me in my heart, it just made it so important for this event to happen. And I pray that there'll be other father-daughter um, moments and breakfasts all throughout the United States and throughout the world, because this relationship is really um, important for the father in you know, in his vulnerability um, to be able to pour into a daughter who is so much responsible for so many things. If, you know, if a woman's goal is to be that Proverbs 32 woman, um, I just think that a man in his right, in, in his rightful role, um, you, we just have a big role in, in what we can nurture and pour into, you know, into our daughters and then just how that domino affects into relationships and everything else. Yeah, uh, his name is Mordecai. Mordecai, that's who yeah, Mordecai, yeah, Mordecai, Mordecai. Yeah. And 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 I and, and what's interesting is that Mordecai was the uncle. Okay, he wasn't even her father. In fact, her parents had 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 died, and Mordecai took in his niece, and uh, so he poured into her life, and she eventually became the queen. And so we're talking about a Jew becoming a queen, and then there was a situation where. Mordecai and 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 I said Haman. Haman was his anti, yeah. uh, the person who wanted to eventually uh, annihilate, exterminate, or genocide the Jews. I mean, how many times have the Jews historically been through the threat of being uh, genocide? You know, being totally wiped out. You know, there have always been an attack on the Jews. So now, all of a sudden, Esther is the queen, and she's a Jew, and now they're getting ready to exterminate. You know, the whole Jewish nation. And Mordecai now says to his niece, hey, you know, you became a queen. 
for such a time as this, <laughs> you know, it, it, you now, now you're going to have to step up. You know, don't think that you going to escape what's going to happen to us because you're the queen. You know, you're going to have to say something. Yeah. And so um, she had to go and, and face the face the queen. I mean, face the king. And you can't you couldn't go face the king without having permission. In fact, facing the king without permission, even if it's the queen, was punishable by death. So she had to risk her life to go see the king, to face him, to talk about, hey, your wife, I'm a Jew. And, you know, you have this guy on your staff who's second in command, by the way, to the king, who's ready to kill all of us. And so, you know, the story goes where when she did that, you know, she saved her whole nation by stepping up and risking her life. And that all came from the relationship that had been established between her and her uncle that she had thought enough about him putting her in that situation and recognizing that it was God who made her the queen, but also whether or not she was going to be the one that was going to fulfill the will of God. And um, it was brought to, to our attention that if she didn't do it, God was going to get somebody else to do it. You know, so either you're going to be the one to do it or God will find somebody else to do it. I think the other thing that I took away from the message from the pastor was that even though Adam was, made first and and eve was made from adam they're the only two people that didn't come from a woman but the pastor brought up that every single one of us had to come through a woman right we all got here the same way yes sir we all came through a woman so he was talking about the importance and the value of a woman is that the fact that you know we all had to come through and from her and so that's the value and importance of a woman. So can nobody try to belittle and downplay the woman because, you know, she gives birth to all of us. Every single one, all men, all women, you know, Adam didn't come from a woman and Eve didn't come from a woman. But after them, everybody else came from a woman. And so I thought that that was a very, very serious highlight for him to bring that up. Yeah. And if you think about that, um, the population of the world is dependent and on women you know what i mean like it's there's there's a lot of backstories you know what i mean that we're not insensitive to um but this entire universe and everything that is um being invented you know like right now there's a baby being born today who may be you know the scientist that god is bringing Mm -hmm. into the world you Mm -hmm. know to cure you know some of these things that we're suffering with right and and it's and that child is coming through um, the birth of that through that woman. The other thing that I think about when you talk about, you know, the position that this woman is in, you know, her circumstances of having no parents. You know what I mean? Like no parents, but yet God puts you in position to do his will and not just for yourself. There you go. You know what I mean? It there was his go. will, not just for yourself, but he's using mm-hmm. you. So we can talk about you today, Esther. You know what I mean? But he's using you for his will to save his people. To well, he, ble- he blessed her to be a blessing. <laughs> so in, in the circumstance, amen. So when I think about like, mm-hmm. like a lot of times, a lot of conversations, and I, and I talk about this a lot on my other platform, and we've talked about it here, is the trauma and the drama is real. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and it's not there, ladies. There's a lot of things that you are enduring. There's a lot of things that you are being... Uh, subjected to, and it is not right. 
Um, but um, God has a plan, and the plan is much deeper than what the circumstances are. And so for me, when I look at that story and I just see like, wow, like God's using a woman who could like have, she could be caught in her feelings. She can be, she could be against God. You know what I mean? Like she could be somebody who's just rejecting. She could be, you know, um, loveless. You know what I mean? And so in the story, if you read the story, she gets, she's getting empowered in this position and, and her people are not looked high upon at the time. If I'm not mistaken, like, they're they're mm-hmm. they're outside they're they're not they're not getting love the jews are not getting love and so um she's being empowered and she's showing leadership of you know and, and taking the instruction from an uncle a father figure right she's taking instructions from him and and um and she's sharing these things um you know like how she's going through the process as well right she's not just you know saying these things to out of, out of person but she's going through the process herself but the beautiful part is, is God can use everybody in anything, regardless of the circumstances. And she had faith. You know, she trusted, you know, she trusted the leadership she was getting from Mordecai. And I just think it's a beautiful story. And there's a there's a lot of different stories that are in there. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think that um, Pastor did a really good job of making sure that we understand the significance, you know, of being a daughter, being a woman. And also for us as men in fatherhood. And so today, this conversation today is about fatherhood and wisdom. And what I want to talk about in, you know, is we've talked about how like many of us can become fathers in um, at a very young age. You know, there is no instruction manual, you know, and and so I'll ask this to you first, Brother Dixon, because you've got a, you know, a few more miles on you than I have. Is there what you know now about fatherhood and your own experience? You know, is there something that you would tell your younger self before having a children before? I mean, before the inception, right? Anything, any wisdom life? Cause there's, there's, there's a few things that I want to talk about wisdom. There's, there's the life wisdom, right? Because of your life uniquely, what you've learned, Mm-hmm. And, and there's and there's godly wisdom. And just looking back over life, you know, what what is like one thing that you can that you would love to be able to tell yourself, your younger self about this journey of fatherhood? Because I just in my in my belief, I can't I, I just can't believe that we can do fatherhood without wisdom. But I do believe many are just doing fatherhood. Um you know, just as they know, they're just kind of living through it. And so I just want to know what is, what is something that you could share that might be, that would encourage, you know, young Donald Dixon? You know, in, in answering that question, it comes back to the time in your life when you only know what you know at that time and you don't know what you're going to eventually know. I mean, wisdom is really knowing what you don't know. And so you have to have wisdom to be able to know what you don't know. And um, I used to always tell high school students that this is not who you're going to end up being. This is not who you're going to turn out to be. You know, this right here is just a stepping stone. This is just a time period in your life. This is just the journey that you're on to really becoming who really God really wants you to be. Um, I, I think I think for me is that I didn't know to think about 
the difference between the heavenly father and the earthly father. You know, I think too many times we we get caught up on what's on earth and not pay attention to what's in heaven. And and so um, I think that that's what I would begin to start focusing on first is the heavenly father who would also be able to overcome all the things that go on and the difficulties that go on with the earthly father. And it came to me one time, most of the time, a lot of the girls in high school were talking about their fathers. They didn't have a father. They would call them sperm donors and all those type of things. And I just always would say, hey, you know what? That's that's your earthly father. But have you paid attention to who your heavenly father is? Because he ain't like that. <laughs> OK, he's not like that, yeah. you know. And one of the things that the pastor brought up at the at the breakfast was that you are all daughters of the most high. OK, you're you're all daughters of the most high. And so here on earth as a father, you know, it, unless we have a relationship with the heavenly father, then we're not going to be any good as an earthly father. And so that connection to me is what I would let myself know sooner than later is that that hierarchy. And I think it's in First Corinthians 11 and three. It says that God is the head of Christ and Christ is the head of man. And that man is the head of woman. And, and most people uh, misinterpret or take head uh, out of context. <laughs> head don't mean boss. So that would be like saying God is the boss of, of Jesus and Jesus is the boss of man and man is the boss of, of woman. And, and, and so you have the first two. OK, but men think they're the boss of women. And that's not what that scripture is saying. They're not the boss of women. Uh, headship in the Greek means source. It means source. And so God is the source of Jesus. And then men are the, come from the source of Jesus and women come from the source of man. Now, how that is is because woman came from man. You know, woman came from man. So man is, his, is, is the source. And so now if a, if a man is not going to be the source for a woman, not the head or the boss, it's a whole different situation. You're not the head or the boss. You are the source. And so therefore... We're supposed to be uh, in a position of serious responsibility, but we can't be uh, responsible to a woman if we don't deal with the responsibility we have to Christ. OK, because he's our head. And, you know, I always talk about being headless. And so a woman is under no obligation to allow a man to be her source if he's not dealing from his source. OK, because there's a hierarchy. Everybody has a responsibility. OK. And so. That earthly father versus heavenly father to me is the connection that determines uh, how well you're going to be in fatherhood and how whether you're going to be able to display wisdom, because wisdom is from the father, the, the heavenly father. Right. And it's his word. And so if a man is not in the word to be able to share the word with his kids, that means give them wisdom. Because we're all going to have trials and tribulations and, and our kids going to need to know what to do when they have issues, when they have problems, when they have concerns, when they have hurts and when they have aches, when they have trials, they have tribulations. They're going to need to know what to do. And it's, it's the father's responsibility, not the, really the mom, you know, because everybody, you know, most men turn it over to the women to raise the kids. But the Bible and the Bible clearly says that the men are supposed to raise the kid. You know, I have plenty of scriptures that tell you that the men are responsible for training up the kids. 
they're supposed to be the priests of the household. And what has happened is that a woman will step up in the absence of a man. They have no problem with stepping up in the absence of a man. They're forced to. They've been doing it forever, okay, in the absence of a man. And so, but that's not how God designed it. He did not design it to be so, but he will enable, empower, and bless them to be able to give the kids what they need to have in order for them to survive. And so they're they're there for that. But he did not make Adam by himself or Eve by herself. He made Adam and Eve, and he wanted them to do it together. He said, let them rule over the planet, over the earth, over everything that crawls and creeps and flies on the earth. Let them, meaning the man and the woman. And he made her to help us do that, not for us to rule over her and dominate her. It wasn't until sin took place that men now have had a wrong relationship with women and try to control women and do all the things that have been done to women. And, and that's where we find ourselves today. And that's the reason why we need Jesus to restore uh, what took place in the garden from the beginning where there was equality between men and women. You know, I got something here for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, it, it's, this is something I know that you and I um, will go back and forth on this again after this podcast. Uh, Luke 7, 35, yet wisdom is vindicated and shown to be right by all her <laughs> children, <laughs> <laughs> by the lifestyle more moral character and good deeds of her followers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so am I reading this correct? I just read that from the Amplified version. Um, no, you can read you can read in Proverbs and it tells you that wisdom he, he uses simultaneously wisdom and her. Right. So, you know, like you and I, we like to go a little bit below the surface. As mm -hmm. pastor said, we got to go deeper. Mm -hmm. So the reference to wisdom as a woman. Right. I just think that, you know, like there's so much in this word to be empowered. You know what I mean? But I love wisdom. You know, I love truth. I love these things because they're these, they're they're They will protect you. It will guide you. Mm -hmm. It will affirm, you know, Christ. Um, and it will set you apart. In a lot of ways, you will not be. Um, you can be breaking curses, generational curses by this word, you know, and by your faith in this. And so when you look at when you look at this, ladies, it's and, and God is not like on anybody's team. Like he, we are all made <laughs> in the image of God. But yet wisdom is vindicated Amen. and shown to be right by all her children. If I think about wisdom in a you know in a way where it's her children and like what's the relation what's the relationship why is he using why why a woman with wisdom and then why are, and then you see this challenge between you know our our flesh men and wisdom you know and there's this reference this correlation to wisdom as a as a woman well let me let me go ahead and read more about what you just said. And I'm going to go to Proverbs uh, uh, 4. I'm going to start in verse 5. It says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, meaning wisdom. And she 
will, meaning wisdom, will preserve you. It says to love her and she will keep you. We're talking about wisdom. It said wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting of wisdom, you need to get understanding of wisdom. It says in verse eight, exalt her, meaning wisdom. And she, meaning wisdom, will promote you. She, meaning wisdom, will bring your, you honor when you embrace her. She, talking about wisdom again, will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. So that right there was just a whole display of wisdom and her being used simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty more. I mean, you, when you read all the Proverbs 4, you'll just see wisdom and her all put together. But here, one final thing I want to say about that. You know, in the beginning, when it said it wasn't good for man to be alone, you said, let me make him a helper. Okay. So, you know, see, so, so wisdom and helping go hand in hand. And so that's where the she comes in at. Okay. The she, she's a helper. A woman is a helper. You're made to be a helper, whether you want to be a helper or not. And whether men tell you they don't need help or not, they're lying because God said in his word that we needed help. So don't get discouraged about him trying to push you away and say you don't need help. So but then God sent Jesus, who's also turned around and said that I am going to send you a helper. Uh Oh, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so now the woman is lined up. To be like the Holy Spirit. So she's a helper. So she is a helper. She is wisdom. And she is the Holy like the Holy Spirit. So you have a very serious position, you know, as far as God is concerned about your point of view and, and, and what kind of impact he wants you to have on helping this world and helping society. Yeah. Yeah. And women, I, I also want to say, you know, we all got to be in Christ. Like. This scripture is something that, like for me, when I think of as a man, this is being a woman, I think about it's it's luring. Wisdom will, like when I think about the, for me, the relationship with the woman in this word, I, I'm just thinking about like how it should be attracting you. You know, it should be something that is attracting your heart. Wisdom, the word of God should be attracting your heart and pulling pulling you in. I have a, um, a verse, uh, Proverbs 15. And um, yeah, Proverbs 15, verse uh, 5, I believe. And I believe the moderator will have it up for us in a moment. A fool despises his father's instructions, but he who receives correction is prudent. Okay. The show today, you know, we are the, we are, I'm, I'm Quaylen, I'm Brother Q. Um, the Men of Encouragement podcast. This show today is on fatherhood and wisdom. And oftentimes, our elders, right, our parents are sort of our guiding light for us from, from since the day we're born. And there's this, there's this struggle that, I, that I'm seeing, you know, as a father myself, there's this struggle of being able to um, to share wisdom and convey it and get that, you know, get that to your child so that they understand. Um, and there's this parental, you know, wisdom from life experiences. Um, and I think that that alone, like the, you know, 
the parent parental, you know, responsibility and the parental wisdom um, is something that is there for us to be able to, you know, to be able to gain, to get from um, your own father and mother. But just like in the story that we, we talked about with Mordecai and Esther, and just like many of those who came to the breakfast last week for the father-daughter, there's these father figures as well that we have that we can lean on and hopefully go to. Or, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important if you don't have someone in your life um, that is a father or mother figure, that you, you know, that you look for that opportunity. And so I'm so I'm speaking today about wisdom because fatherhood and parenthood cannot happen and happen well on our own. We have the word of God that's given us a lot of examples for us to be able to to get. But there's also a bit of in the scripture as well for us as far as honoring our parents and honoring those father figures, our elders, to be able to gain wisdom, to be able to um, to be able to not be a fool about your the life the short life that you have, and so um, speak about the if you could give me you know speak about the parental um, influence of wisdom because we were talking about God's word you know we're making these correlations with the context of the scripture, but parents you know parent you know parenthood our elders. And then just those father figures, mother figures, how their wisdom is important um, to fatherhood for us. Well, you know, fathers have an awful lot of influence. God made it that way. Uh, you know, he once again, he made them the head. And so that's where it comes from. And then the absence of that, you know, I mean, a woman will pick it, pick up what, whatever he drops. You know, if he if he drops off, you know, she's going to pick it up. You know, I mean, that's her nature. You know, she's going to just take, you know, I mean. If he ain't going to do it, then I have to do it, you know, because it has to be done. It has to get done. But everyone is waiting for the father, though, to step up. And uh, that's the reason why the attack on the man is so great by the devil, because once again, he knows if he can cut off the head, then the rest of the body, the family will fall. And there would be a dis destruction in the family. That means that no, no information will be passed on uh, to the kids and to everyone else, and, and, and particularly about God, because... You know, the Bible has plenty of times where it says generations came up and didn't, didn't know who God was. And, uh, you know, I think right now we're kind of in that situation right now where whether or not our generation will know who God is. And the only way they're going to know who God is is really supposed to come from the man first. But, you know, a lot of times we know women will pick up. They'll pick it up. They'll take the kids to the church and you won't see no, no men there. You'll see you see the woman with the kids at church and you won't see the man there, you know, and so. But he has a lot of influence when he really steps up and he, he does what he's supposed to do. Then he has a profound impact on not only his wife, but on, also on the kids and on other women. You know, women look to the man to be the leader. And when they're in, in, and he's in the absence of leadership, then, you know, they're dis, dis, disappointed and they're discouraged. And so this is the reason why we have men of encouragement, because we want to let you know, just like when Adam blew it and messed up in the gut. Garden. He went and tried to hide and get away from God. And and he was ashamed and felt guilty. You know, there's so many men who feel so, so guilty, feel ashamed and discouraged that they go off and they hide and they feel like they're all along and they don't have anyone who identifies or understand what they're going through. And they want to be able to change and, and be more than what they are. 
And, you know, we're here to tell you that, you know, God will lift you up because, you know, at that point you're humble and you're down. And, and, and the Bible says that God will exalt you in due time when you're humble. If you come to him, right. if you come to him, he will exalt you. So we have to trust that. But we have to be able to give those words and share our experiences, especially when we messed up and we blew it and things like that. We have to share that with our kids. Our kids pretty much know anyway. So it's just like when God knows when we go to him, God already know. He just wants you to go ahead on and tell him that, OK, you agree with him. You know, he just say, I, I agree with what you know about me, you know. And so we, too, have to do the same thing, not only to our wives, but to our kids and everyone else. We have to fess up. You know, we have to what they call man up and, um, you know, not feel guilty or ashamed or embarrassed. But, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. Yeah. We're not perfect. And a lot of times, you know, men, you know, feel like they're, they're supposed to be on top of the world and that they're supposed to have it all together and that they're not supposed to make mistakes. No, we need help. And we need to admit that we need help and we need to deal with where our shortcomings are and that, you know, stay humble enough to where we can go ahead and receive help and to also to be able to share our hurts, our pains and, to our, our, you know, be transparent. You know, and oftentimes men don't want to be transparent. They don't want anyone to see who they really are. So they want to go ahead and stay hidden so that you can't see who they are. You know, I always say intimacy is coming to me and see. And most men do not want any woman to come into them and see. And so that is intimacy. And so men don't want to be intimate under those circumstances. Yeah, you know, these uh, different translations, I have a message translation of, of uh, Proverbs 15.5. Moral dropouts won't listen to their elders. Welcoming correction is a mark of good sense. And then there's another amplified. A flippant, arrogant fool rejects his father's instructions and corrections. But he who is willing to learn and regards and keeps in mind a, a reprimand and, and, and acquires good sense. Um, you know, it's it's this part where it says, but he who receives correction is prudent or welcoming correction is a mark of a good, of good sense. Um, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with fatherhood, if you're struggling with connection with your children, if you're struggling with your manhood and your marriages, um, you know, men of encouragement, we don't have all the answers, but I'm going to tell you, I'm willing, I'm willing to go there willing to be vulnerable to, to talk about, you know, that it is challenging and be able to try to find a way to articulate what the challenge is. Because like you said, we don't talk about these things. We don't talk about what's going on, you know, with this. And it's hard to also communicate to our wives um, and, and the women in our lives, you know, what the, what the challenges are because of pride and ego and all of these things. And so to me, when I think about fatherhood and wisdom, you know, you, there's a level of vulnerability that you just have to have so you can be able to to receive correction, you know, and it's and if you don't, if you don't like seek wisdom, if you don't humble yourself and be able to know you don't have all the answers, um, then these things, you don't get the instruction, you don't get the, the understanding, right? You, you're just you're working off of, you know, some probably some learned behaviors that you got from, you know, a fatherless home. Right. Or some learned behaviors of some things that have been painful, you know, and, and a lot of times, too, we're operating out of regret. Brothers, mm -hmm. we're, we're doing things because of the regret that you have on your heart of your own transgressions. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you might fall mm -hmm. short because of child support or, or, you know, the amount of time that you get to, you know, to spend with your son or daughter, you know. And so mm -hmm. um, it's only only wisdom can be found 
you know, the true wisdom, godly wisdom can only be found in God's word and is in a relationship with the father because he will mm -hmm. our hearts. He'll tell, he'll tell you which way you are going is the wrong mm -hmm. way, but you mm -hmm. already know it. You know what I mean? And so if we want to yeah. be great fathers and if we want to influence the world and we want to really, really have a loving relationship with our wives, right? We need to seek wisdom and we first have to look at our own hearts. And yeah. it's not, it's not like you cannot do wisdom apart from having a heart that is pure and genuine, because if your heart is wicked and if your heart is, is bitter and you are angry, you will not be able to gain the, the gain, the, the elements, you know, that you need in your life to succeed and to su succeed in your love relationships and your marriage to succeed as a parent and make sure, you know, that your intentions were received. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not yeah. just working off of just, you know, like I said, just grit, you know, and grind and hope that all of these extracurricular emotions and and unruly behavior is transferring to your child that I love you. Because oftentimes it doesn't. It doesn't. It's moving them away from you and oftentimes moving them away from God because you claim to be a man of God. Right. You claim to know who the father is. But again, the conduct we read the scripture. You know, our character, our, 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 who are we are, who we are as a person is going to be found in how we live out wisdom, what we understand, mm -hmm. what we've been able to humble yeah. ourselves to be able to receive that correction. Oh, Lord, God, today, would you look at my heart and know that there are places in my heart that I'm that I'm struggling in, you know, and I see this affecting me in, in my communication, how I want to snap back at her when she says this. Right. How I can't let go of something that was said or done two weeks ago. Right. Something that was something that was just said that just, you know, that affected my, you know, affected my ego. Right. Dear Lord, my my children, I'm not able to connect with them. You know what I mean? Like, look at my heart and tell me what what can I do? Because everything that I'm doing isn't working. You know what I mean? Tell me what, I, what more I can do. Do you want me to just be silent? Just listen, because it's really hard to do that. You know, yeah. what I mean? difficult yeah. time to children. So yeah. being, able to, being able to get to a place where you can go before the father and ask him to see, to look at your heart and to, um, and to reveal the truth. And then look at, look at, read the Proverbs, read yeah. them, read them, read them. Well, well, you know, you, you brought up Proverbs 15 and five. And, and, and one of the things I want to bring, bring to your attention is that it said a fool despises his father's instruction. That means that we're talking about not only, you being a father and your son or your kids or your daughters may despise your instruction, but you too are under the authority of a father. Okay. As a father, you still have a father also. And as I pointed out early, not only do you have an earthly father, but you have a heavenly father. So that scripture also can be read. A fool despises the instructions of the father who is in heaven, his word and his instruction. And so, to me, that's where I really want to go with that scripture, because that comes down to do we or do we not pay attention to what does God have to say about it? OK, versus anybody else. And so if we're saying what God says about it, then we're really given the right instruction that can be rejected by our kids. But also we are we, too, may be rejecting uh, the father's instruction. And once again, it's the old saying, you know, are you going to do as I say or do as I do? Because oftentimes kids are going to do what you do versus what you say. And, and, and if they don't line up and they don't match up, they're going to see you as a hypocrite and they're going to see you as, hey, 
that ain't, that ain't what I'm saying you do. You know, you saying to do this. And, and, and oftentimes, generally, we do always want to tell our kids to do um, what we say and not necessarily as we do. But kids are going to really copy what you do versus what you say. I mean, even Jesus said that Jesus told um, the Jews that the Pharisees are some crazy dudes. But a lot of times they're telling you some good stuff. And so you really need to pay attention to the good things that they say, but don't do as they do. And so that's pretty much where that that came from, you know. And uh, I think that's in Matthew uh, 23 and 3, you know. So um, it's a powerful thing, but people really pay attention to what people do versus more than what they say. Right, right. You know, you know, to me, I'm also reading, if you bring back the verse, it says, a fool despises, I get a sense, a fool despises his father's instructions. I, I have a sense that, we oftentimes know better, right? We know better. Like God's spirit is in us and you know better, but yet you don't do better. So you, so a fool despises his father's instructions. Like you heard the truth, you know, the truth, you know what the wisdom is, but you just won't do better. You won't, you, you won't read the scripture, right? You won't receive the correction. And be diligent about the correction and humble your heart. There's a lot of knowing to do better, but not doing better. And it's you don't even got to be that deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to be that deep. You just got to really be honest, really be honest in your heart before God, right? Not before me or the homie that might be um, just like you, you know, who might be hiding too, but before God. Like, God who sees and knows everything, Lord my heart. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're, we're spirit, soul, and body, you know, we're spirit, soul, yeah. and body. God is in our spirit. He's right. not in our soul. Our soul is our thoughts, our choices, our emotions and things like that. And so the reason why we don't always do what, what the spirit in us wants us to do is because we get a chance to choose, you know, and we don't, we don't choose to do right. Okay. We make bad choices. You know, I always tell people, you know, I mean, we can get food, you know, deceived, you know, and lie to and go for it, you know. And so we really have to trust God and what he said, because God always has given us warnings and said, no, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. And, and, and we go ahead on and do it anyway. You know, he told Adam, don't, don't do that. If you do that, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be consequences. And we do that with our kids. We keep telling them over and over and over. No, 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 no don't do that. But see, a lot of times we may have done that and we're telling them don't do that because we've done that before. And this is what happens when you do that. And when I came up dealing with all these kids all these years, I found more kids wanted to see for themselves. You know, they, they don't want to trust you and believe you. They want to see for themselves. And so that's why you have to walk by faith and not by sight, because people want to see for themselves. And God don't operate that way. God said you have to believe me, you know. Uh, you, I, I don't. I won't let you see it for you to believe it. No, you have to believe it in order for you to see it. And so that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And a lot of people love to say they walk by faith and not by sight, but no sight is powerful. You know what you see will have an impact on you. When you see that you're sick, when you see that you're ill, when you see that you're going through what you're going through, and have all your troubles and all your pains and all your problems and stuff like that, the devil is very good at putting all those things before you to make you not have faith. He wants to make all your situations and circumstances to overcome your faith. And so that's what causes us to do versus having faith, knowing that God says. 
Yeah, you know, do as I say, not as I do is a cop out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you can just start there. You know what I mean? What are the what are the things that you are professing and saying? You know, uh, in the in the role as a as a father that you're not doing, you know, and that alone right there could like have you turn a corner. That by mm -hmm. your actions, your behavior is matching up with the things that you know you know better, right? We tell our kids in a certain kind of way, right? Like your lifestyle. You know, how are these things matching up with the lifestyle you want for your kids? And that and that really messes you up because you still got that thing with that other that thing that you like. You know what I mean? That thing that you might be doing because you've grown, but it may not be sudden the right impression for for your child. And then my question too, you know, as we kind of wrap up, you know, brothers, I know we know we know we know a lot of things. We we have a lot of things that we didn't have perhaps with our fathers, but there is a part of us that God has made us as He made women special. He's made you special. And there's a part of you that you have on the inside is to be a leader, is to be the one who is to going to be responsible. You're the one that's supposed to be, as Brother Dixon said, is being the example and the role model for God's love, agape love, selfless love. And, and the question is, what are you hung up on? And also, are you just being stubborn? Are you a stubborn father? God needs you to be wise. He needs us to be wise. He needs you to come to him and get what you need to be the best man that you could possibly be. If you want to be the greatest father of all time to your children, not because of what you purchased them, not because of some sort of like romanticized idea of you, right? We got to get wisdom. So I today, you know, my, my encouragement is for all of us, all of us men is to seek wisdom to be able to, to be able to guide and to lead us into into fatherhood because that is what we want our children to have i pray that's what you want your children to have to be able to as brother dixon spoke to to be able to um when the soul and the flesh is not in agreement with the spirit that you will have those nuggets to be able to get in agreement with the spirit the spirit being the holy spirit being with god we're not going to be perfect. I'm saying this. This all sounds good. We're not going to be perfect. It's going to be challenging. But make it a point that you prioritize wisdom, that you prioritize your faith and your relationship, and you prioritize your wellness. Because I'm going to tell you, if you have not been seeking wisdom, if you've not been seeking, you know, reading God's word, you know, it, it's a, you know, it, it takes you off. It takes you off of your strongest, um, your stance. Like you, you, you're not whole. You know what I mean? You could be operating in some ways doing, you know, relatively good. And maybe you're, you're doing well compared to the other people around you. Well, let me tell you, God has something even more for you than whatever you think that it is. Whatever you think your greatness is, God has even something more. So by by leaning into God's word, leaning into getting understanding. Right. And leaning into wisdom. Father, show me how you want me to do this. Right. Show me my ways so I can change my ways so I can influence people around me by how I live. You know what I mean? This is something that I just wanted to, you know, we wanted to encourage you um, to to walk in this, to own it. Be a man of God that be a, be a man of God that's humble. Be a man of God who is not afraid to to go before the Father and to be able to to fellowship with another man and let him know what you're let him know what you're struggling with, so you can be broken free from it. You know what I mean? Be unafraid. Be unafraid of those things that will make you. Um, 
nervous or make you insecure. Be unafraid and allow wisdom because wisdom will wisdom, like I said, will affirm you. You don't have to worry about the things that you may worry about, but not having God's word, not being, you know, you know, I'm I'm fascinated with wisdom and not just any wisdom, because there's a lot of things out there. Right. There's a lot of proverbs, there's African proverbs, Chinese proverbs, there's all these different things that are out in the world. But God will show you in your will, will speak to you and he'll show you the word in a way that'll be so profound in your life that, you know, whatever that you're doing good right now will become great. Whatever that you have that's great will become even greater. And whatever is not so good right now, whatever that you've been intending to do, God will bring it through. God will illuminate. He will show you ways that uh, things inside of you didn't even have. But got to get wisdom. And the only way to get that is to get God. Okay. Well, um, I like to give the men something practical to do. Um, we talked um, and spoke about some, some verses in Proverbs today. And uh, I like the book of Proverbs, period. Um, there's 31 Proverbs. Okay. I know Q brought a third. 32, uh, Proverbs 31 with the women. But in any event, um, there's 31 Proverbs. And so what I would challenge you to do is like today, for example, is the 25th. And so today you should read Proverbs 25. And so each month, Proverbs 1, 2, all the way to 31. Sometimes there's not 31 days in a month. There's not even 31 days in February. We know February is the shortest month. But you need to read the Proverbs every day. And so this is the reason why I think Proverbs is a good book for you to start with and for you to read, because we're talking about wisdom. Proverbs tells you everything that's wise to do. And it tells you everything that's foolish to do. I love the book of Proverbs because it tells you when you're wise and it tells you when you're foolish. And so if you want to be wise, you do the things that's wise that the Proverbs tells you to do. And if you want to be foolish, then you'll recognize when you're foolish when Proverbs tell you you're foolish when you do the foolish things. And so every day, if you read, you know, in fact, you, you can do it for a whole year. You can do, you can do every, every month Proverbs one. Okay. And, and you usually have up to at least 20, you know, 30, but only on this month right here, you either got 30 or 31 uh, days in each month. The only month that you don't get up to 30 is, is this month right now. But if you do that for a whole year, I guarantee you it will impact you as far as being wise, as far as being dealing with wisdom and then recognizing when you're foolish, you get a chance to see the foolish things you did all year versus the wise things you did all year. And so I would just spend that time in, in the book of Proverbs. Uh, it will be a good place for you to start. And then you'll be, be able to deviate to the rest of the Bible just from from the book of Proverbs. Yeah, that's that's a really good um, plan, brothers. So. You can get it on your phone as an app. Start with Proverbs. Don't get into the weeds if you're not ready for it and let that bless you. Um, and then take some time, as I've always said, to just sit still and try to hear from God after you read these scriptures. Spend some time. Don't move too fast. Kind of slow down and, and let it come through. So we're going to be getting out. Um, I thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we want to make sure that you know that we are now streaming um, on YouTube and Facebook. And you also can find the podcast on Spotify and also the other streaming platforms as well. 
Um, we do appreciate you all for, um, you know, for following us and giving us your feedback and reaching out, um, getting a lot of different, you know, type of, you know, interest in the podcast. Uh, we are, again, we are men of encouragement. Again, I'm Brother Q, Brother Dixon. There's many more of us. We look forward to collaborating um, with, with some of you at some point as well. And um, we just thank you um, for listening. And so God bless you. Enjoy your weekend. And we will see you, see you all soon. Take care and peace.